0: Well, good Monday morning. I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida.
3: And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 6th, episode 2947, brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse people.
0: Well, good morning, everybody. We're here. I'm here. Jamie's here. We're both alive, and uh, I'm feeling much better today. How are you doing with your back and everything?
3: I'm I'm a little sore still. So Glenn had COVID. I got bucked off. So you know (laughs) seems about right. (laughs) We're about the same. You know, normal, exactly everyday stuff. (laughs) But I'm I'm up and walking around and uh, got back to work. And uh, it sounds like you're doing a lot better. You're not coughing in my ear, which is nice. Yeah,
0: Friday was a little tough, but yeah, no, I'm definitely better than this drug they gave me. The antiviral seemed to. Kick its butt. So, today's the last day of that. Thank God, because the side effects aren't fun. But we're uh, we're getting back at it. You know, this morning I woke up to some. We're going to start the show off as uh, with something a little more serious today. I woke up uh, to two posts. One was from a guest that we've had on the driving show over the years, and he posted that this was going to be his last post because he has cancer and he was going into hospice, uh, which was very sad to read. And then I woke, and then another post right after that. From some, from the daughter of somebody we've had in this show, I don't know Jamie since we started. It was we've had yeah. her like twenty five, thirty times on this show. Uh, as you know, we're big supporters of the para riders and Charlotte's one of our uh, para equestrians. She's been on the show many times. We're following her this year and her journeys. Well, Hope Hand is the person who. Really kind of started the para movement here in the United States and the association and has been doing this forever since I can remember. And we've become good friends with her. And anytime, you know, anytime I asked, she'd come on the show and talk to us about para. And she, you know, she's done so much good. Well, this... I knew she had cancer, but I knew she was getting pancreatic cancer and she was getting treatments her daughter posted on her on hope hands Facebook page this morning that uh, she did not qualify for surgery for multiple reasons um, she was in a wheelchair to begin with and she went underwent multiple rounds of chemotherapy and that her tumors have now spread to her liver so she has also gone into hospice. So apparently she can't, uh, she can't read and can't reply to the comments. So her daughter's reading them all. And, uh, Amy, I'm hoping that, uh, you can play the following for your mom. Uh, she, I got together with Charlotte this morning and we, 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 we reminisced a little bit about hope and everything that she's done. And I want to play that for you right now. Well, I have Charlotte here with us, and of course, she is our Beyond the Ribbons rider in the para world, and she was just on here recently, and this morning, we're not here to talk about her horse today, we're not here to talk about her showing, we're here to talk about somebody that's very special to both of us, and that's the president of the United States Para Para Association, and Hope Hand, who's been coming on our shows since, since this show started, I mean... It's 12, 14 years we've been talking to Hope. And, Charlotte, that's about the same time you got hurt, right? 2008, somewhere near. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I got hurt at the end of 07. Um, and so I was trying to get back in the saddle by, after the Vermont winter, um, you know, in the summer of 08. And we were trying to figure out para-equestrian, not just therapeutic riding, but the para-equestrian
0: competition. And is Hope one of the first people you bumped into? Oh, absolutely! Yeah,
4: she and maybe maybe even before I met her, we were emailing, phone talk calls, all of it. She was just always so available and so enthusiastic about bringing people into the para world.
0: She is the reason. There's no question about it. That uh, the United States is ranking up there as one of the leaders in para today. I don't know if it would have happened without her.
4: I don't. It definitely would not have been without her.
0: How important has she and the organization been to you?
4: Para-equestrian world is so different from regular competition. You know, I was a, had international eventing experience, but being a para-equestrian rider is just so different. And being able to find somebody that um, can explain it, you know, and is so optimistic and So just like, you know what, if you want to do it, you can do it. No problem. Here you go. Let's do it. And that's so great coming out of rehab and where you feel so shut down. And so like, oh, my gosh, my life thinks to hope being, yeah, we can do it. Why not? Sure.
0: It was amazing. She is she is the most positive person. <laughs> that's the thing. That's that's why I always liked talking to her because every time you talked to her, she was always so positive. And I mean, pe- well, many people don't might not know that her career wasn't as an IRS agent. So maybe it wasn't all positive. <laughs> with, with, <laughs> maybe that's why she chose this route. After,
4: <laughs> I think that's why I got along with her so well because I have used humor to get myself through everything, and. And then I met Hope, and she's like laughing. And I'm like, wow, you can. She went to the Paralympics. And so, like, wow, you can be a top competitor and do all this stuff and still be so real about life. It was awesome.
0: See, that's something because I came, I came to know her after we started Horse Radio Network, which was when she was pretty much running the association and building it. I didn't think about her as a rider, but apparently she was a good rider.
4: She was on the U.S. team.
0: And see, I don't think about that because I was, that was before my years with her. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It was before that I knew her, too. But it just, um, you know, so she's been there, done that. She totally leads my example. It was fun. Just, it's cool.
0: One of the comments that uh, was on her page today was McLean Ward. Well, we all know, right? (laughs) The best of the best. He said, I did not know your mom well. He's talking to Amy, uh, Hope's daughter. I did not know your mom well, uh, uh, only through mild USET connections, but I always admired her work and character. From what I witnessed, she changed a sport and doing so changed the lives of many, not just those directly involved, but many might like myself watching and being inspired to do better myself. So I think that's interesting, too. That was an interesting point. It's an, She didn't just affect all of you in the para-world. She affected all of us by bringing you guys to the forefront to set an example for us all.
4: Yes. yes.
0: I, so I think McLean said that very well. You know, it's 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 what she did beyond the para-world uh, by, by setting an example.
4: Yes, she's just a cool person. And because she was so out in the forefront of everything— Showing that people that are differently abled can do anything, you know, and they,
0: yeah. And she believed in you guys, or still, believe, you know, she believes in you guys so much, um, you know, and, and you know, every interview we've done with her, probably, there has to probably be, I don't know, dozens. Every interview we did with her, it wasn't about her, it was about you guys. It was mm-hmm. about the riders, you know? Uh I, you know, I can't say enough of good things about Hope. Hope we love you, and uh, we're going to keep you in our prayers, and we hope that your, uh, your final days here are happy. I know that Amy is there with you, and your family's there. So uh, we're going to be thinking about you a whole lot in the next couple of days. And before I lose it here, I'm going to play a song that I thought was appropriate, and that's Girls and Horses from Templeton Thompson.
4: Love you, Hope.
1: She talks about him, dreams about him, thinks about him all the time. She's got to have him be lost without him. You can see it in her eyes. What? She says, (laughs) now when I was a young girl, they were my whole. I dream about them I live to love them And I love to ride I'll always have them Be lost without There's magic in those
0: Thank you for, for allowing mm-hmm. Charlotte and I the chance to do that. And thanks to Templeton Thompson for singing Girls and Horses, because I couldn't think of a song more fitting for that. Uh, and, you know, I think, Jamie, this kind of hit home for me because I get the results of all of my cancer tests tomorrow.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: I think that that was just kind of, you know, it made it a lot, uh, very emotional for me. You know, not that hope wouldn't have been anyway, but uh, it just was one of those added punches today. yeah. But we're going to move on. We have a show to do. So uh, for the rest of today, we have Cindy from Life with Odin joining us today. It's a Facebook page. It's pretty popular. She also has a donkey called Eeyore. And she's going to talk to us about the enrichment things that she's been doing around the farm, That kind of what the things we have talked about over the years here, but we finally meet somebody that's actually doing them. And we're going to see how that's working out. Plus, we have an auditor with us today. We got an email, didn't we?
3: Yes, we did. We got an email from Sarah Welk-Bainham and she wrote a book. And I mean, mean, you can go, go in a little more to her email. All I know is that she put us in her book. As any good auditor would, <laughs> who's writing a book. That's right. <laughs> and said that uh, she'd like to come on and talk about it. So I'm pretty excited. She, she feels like we had some hand in her writing this book, being uh, that we inspired her to write it. So I'm really pleased to have her on to talk
0: about it. Very good. Uh, let's do some daily winnies and get this thing going. Well, I don't have any birthdays today, no auditor birthdays, but I'm very happy to announce that we have two new auditors, Herbert Griffith and Tice Suppley. So uh, thank you so much to both of you for becoming brand new auditors. I know money's tight right now, and when people join up, we really appreciate it. Also, we had two auditors increase their pledges, Katie Kelly and Megan Mitchell. Thank you to both of you. We really do appreciate any anything you guys do at, at this time is very much appreciated by all of us.
3: Okay, so this morning, Glenn, I had to take Lucas to baseball camp, okay? So he goes to baseball camp all week long from 9 a.m. until noon. And it was day one, and we go to the desk and sign up, and they're like, you're in group six, you're over there. So I walk over to there to group six, and, dude, these are all, like, huge kids. I'm like, my kids. My kid could not be in this group because he's little. and these are like legit. These kids have like their ball bags on rollers and the shades, the, and the hats and the the uniforms. I mean, it's insane. And, you know, he dressed up. He like made the all stars last year, so he's got his all- star shirt on, and he's got his little, but like he's still like a little kid. And so then they're all like, all right, everybody, up, get up here. We're gonna check in and do all the things. Cause I will just throwing back and forth, and he runs up to this group of like giant children, and he's the tallest one in the whole freaking group. I was like, <laughs> "What is happening? When did my baby, my little baby boy, become like a freaking kid? Like, I mean." Well, I, I was like, these are, these are monsters. The children, are they must be two grades ahead of him. Oh my God. No, he was the <laughs> tallest one in the group. What just happened? When did that happen? He just had his ninth birthday. I swear to God, I can't even, I can't, but I just can't believe it. So anyway, daily, we my ginormous child. <laughs> was like, at camp today. is his first camp.
0: You know, there's a lot of okay. listeners listening right now that have have lived every year with with Lucas growing yes, up. Yes, well.
3: <laughs> well, just know that his mom took a big old stab to the gut this morning when <laughs> you realize her child is like, you know.
0: Old. Like a kid. He's like
3: not four anymore. I mean, I walked up, I was like, Lucas, I think these are like fifth or sixth graders. I don't know what's going on. These kids look huge, and then he gets out there like level up, go ahead and they it in. And all, I'm like, what? Why is he so big? How did it happen?
0: Oh. Anyway. Great. That's good, Stressful,
3: though. frustrating. Well, he'll have amazing. fun at camp.
0: He loves baseball. He'll have fun at camp. Just like his mommy. Hey, uh, we're doing some trailer shopping. So Yes,
3: I saw you post something about a trailer. You First, you had a horse trailer. Then you went and got a camping trailer. So now are you combining the yes, two? Yes,
0: that's right. We're going to sell both because right now is a good time to get rid of them. We actually will make more on both than we paid for them. For the for the (laughs) camp, that's how it is right now. Then
3: you're going to spend more.
0: Well, yeah, but it's going to be actually in in the end, it's going to be a little bit less uh, because we won't. I we have to pay to store the camper now, and there's you know insurance and all that stuff. So we're trading the camper in and the the tag along horse trailer in on a living quarters uh, horse trailer. It's a smaller one. It's not a huge one, and we're going to go look at the one we have. That we sort of committed to. We're going to do the final inspection today. So, what's really cool is I put a post out on the auditor room, and our listeners are amazing. Um, So, I get one of them that says, Hey, look, I know we're looking at a Merhow, which is kind of a middle grade camper. You know, you have your your cheap, cheap ones, and then you have your your middle grade, and then you have your $150,000 ones.
3: You're not getting that one? No,
0: no, we're not getting that one. So this listener reached out and said, hey, look, I have a friend that has a merhow, almost just like yours. Uh, so I'll, I'll put you in touch. And I said, well, I'd have to talk to her this morning. And sure enough, this woman calls me within a half an hour. Wow. And she went all through it. She loves hers, by the way. It's, she, she absolutely loves the thing. And she did a ton of research, more than we did. <laughs> and she bought it from the same place. That we're actually looking at, so that was helpful too. So it, it was. Uh, isn't that cool though that we have listeners? I ended up talking to somebody who had just gotten one like two years ago. She was talking about the customer service and their how they're built, and she spent a half an hour on the phone. I don't know her from Adam. That's nice. And so isn't that cool?
3: There's good people out there. There's still I love it. good
0: people in the world, and and you know it's just it's just the way the horse world is. But I think more importantly, it's the way our listeners are. Yes. Um, and I think that that. Uh, that just – that just sh- it shined this morning that way. So this is a three-horse, uh, smaller living quarters. <gasps>
3: Wait. Did you say three-horse?
0: That's only because we have to take partition out so Nigel actually fits in the two of no, the no, horse stalls. No, 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 no,
3: no. He can fit. No, in he doesn't.
0: No, he doesn't. That we tried that before. It's, a, it's a slant load, and he doesn't getting... fit in a one-stall slant load.
3: You, you know what? I've got like two horses at my house right now that are up for adoption and two horses that are for sale. So – Tell Jen to call me and I'll go over all the things with her.
0: <laughs> and the other thing is, like when we come out to your house later this year, when we're using it as a camper, it gives us the whole back is really nicely done. It's all finished and insulated and everything. So we'll use the back as a studio and also as a to- toy hauler for the bikes and all that stuff. So when we're using it as a camper. We'll have studio mm-hmm. space.
3: Mm, all I hear is you're getting another
0: horse, <laughs> no not, we're not getting another horse, no, because with another horse, we'd have to pay board on another horse, and two uh, is yeah. plenty here in Florida, <laughs> so uh the boarding stable's working out great, but it you know they're not cheap, no. so that's uh that's the scoop we're gonna go from eight wheels to eight brakes to four, so less maintenance and and it is a uh gooseneck, so they haul better anyway, yeah. So that's that. We might be bringing that out to uh, to see you.
3: Well, congrats. It'll be exciting, although we can do the studio part like in air conditioning. Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, it's air conditioned, but
0: <laughs> yeah, it'd be more comfortable.
3: That's awesome. Well, congrats. hope, hope it works out for you. Um, like I said, we've got a couple horses here for sale and for adoption and all sorts of things. So we can fill that trailer for you <laughs> when you're heading back. The other side, <laughs> actually, um, I just got a horse end training yesterday, and it is a four year old chestnut thoroughbred mare that was bought for a kid who's been riding for two years, so it hasn't really been working out at home. So they've sent this mare to me to see what I think of, and I've never seen this before, Glenn. And I maybe it's just because I don't have a lot of mares, um. And maybe listeners can explain this to me. She was standing in the stall yesterday. Back is open so she can go out, but she's in the stall and she would, she, and she's in the barn by herself. She doesn't care that she's alone. She's very independent minded, but she kept putting her butt up against the wall, like slamming her hips up against the wall and going, Meh. like, I, I don't know. It's like a heat. Like I couldn't figure out why she would be slamming her butt up against How old is she? She's four and a half.
1: Oh.
3: Is that oh. a heat? That I don't know. I've never I seen know. that before. And then That's of course I tried to get on video, and she's like, "No, I don't. I don't do video." So then she quit. (laughs) (laughs) i right outside. She's shy. Yeah. Camera shy. She'll get over it. Um, And then I've got, let's see, I've got a horse named Honorable Man. And Honorable Man, Manny, is a horse that was owned by these people up, oh gosh, St. Louis area, Missouri. And they brought him down for training. And this is the horse the husband was like, just so you know, we don't want him back. We don't want to come back here. (laughs) I was like, okay. Oh crap, somebody's gonna abandon there, but they were good people. They just they were hoping that he would be sold and ended up he's gonna go to horse and hound and be an adoptable horse. So pretty excited for him. He's had a lot of training in the past. Unfortunately, most of the training he had were was people um, you know, here's the problem is horses come off the racetrack and people are like Oh, cool. They're broke. I can just get on them and ride them. Biggest mistake
0: a naive person makes.
3: Yeah. And so what happens is, you know, you know, maybe you can ride them. Big, fancy person who does this for a living. And you can make this horse look like it's going great and cross country school and put up these sale videos when it's been a week off the track. But the problem is the next person is not going to be able to do that. What you did. And so you've sold a horse that looks like it's doing certain things that it actually shouldn't be doing. So these horses that come and they go to these horse, you know, off the track thoroughbred flippers, please be careful because. You have to teach the horse how to go, stop, and turn, and back up. These horses don't know any of that. All they know is go forward. And so this horse, Manny, had been ridden. Basically, the videos I saw were his nose tucked between his knees, you know, like just really heavy-handed riding. And then I go to get on him uh, for the first time, and I have a loose rein, I ask him to trot, and he's like, oh, my God, bolt. Like he runs and then he slows down, and then he runs and he slows down because I'm like I'm around pen. I'm not gonna pull your face off. You're gonna have to figure this out. You're gonna have to like hold your own hand. And so I've been working a lot on getting him to just go without anybody holding your face, you can just peacefully move forward. And so far he's been doing awesome. But as far as being adoptable, he'll need somebody who understands he's a sensitive horse that was kind of rushed through training. So I've had to really come back a step, which I think is what has happened with this mare that came in that's squealing by herself in the stall. Um, And uh, then I've got this spectacular Off the track thoroughbred. He's got to be, if he's not 17 hands, he's pretty darn close. And he is the coolest name. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready. His name is True Grit. <laughs> I'm like, that is so cool. So his name is True Grit, and he is this, this stunning bay thoroughbred. And so I'm going to do my first ride on him today. And uh, so that's the that's the ones that I have in training. And then this coming weekend, are you ready? It's another gypsy. I'm getting another gypsy coming in for training uh, this weekend. So I'm pretty excited. Now, the most exciting thing, for those who know, Farm Boy Left me, he just up and left me. It wasn't like, a
0: divorce, though; so it's more of a separation.
3: Preparing for life, college <laughs> is over. He goes. And oh, college is for over? the Summer? Well, no. I mean, he'll oh. start back in the fall, <laughs> so he'll come back okay. hopefully. But he has a couple days before he heads up to Montana or Wyoming, um, and he's coming today and tomorrow to work with me, and I'm so excited. I'm like a little kid. I'm like, a oh, farm boy's coming today. I was like, oh, first we're going to do this, and then we're going to
0: do this. Poor guy. Why did he this. stop by? He's, he's such an idiot. He should have just kept going. Drive through.
3: I made sure that wasn't going to happen because he was going to go rent a storage locker for his furniture. And I'm like you could just keep it here we have room
0: (laughs) you're so manipulative
3: (laughs) i know right and so farm boy's coming he has to pick up his furniture but he's going to be here for a couple days so i'm really excited to get to work with him like i said first thing we're going to do is we're going to get on Trigret, and then after that he's going to write Zeus, and i'm going to write like i'm like really i'm like a little kid on christmas
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey back to Trigret for a minute um does it look anything like john wayne
3: Oh my God. No, he's so pretty. (laughs) Oh, he's so pretty. No eye patch, no nothing. Just straight (laughs) up, super sexy thoroughbred. And and he's really quiet and he loaded perfectly on the way here and traveled calmly. He's one of the ones that I'm like, oh, this is a good one. I'm pretty excited about this one. So uh, he's going to have his first ride today.
0: And for all of you under sixty, uh, true, the original True Grit movie had John Wayne in it in, in about the nineteen sixties, I believe. So
3: yes, and it's a phenomenal movie. And they did a remake with Jeff Bridges that,
0: and almost, Matt Damon. I always think the first one was better.
3: Yeah, really. it was. To be fair, it was the John Wayne one is way is better.
0: Yeah,
3: but because you watch the girl, and I'm drawing a blank on her name, yeah, the one who was in too. True Grit in the second yeah. one and she literally just did it, everything the first girl did yes. in the first movie and i was like she cuz when i saw the the new true grit first and i was like dang she's awesome and then i watched the old one and i'm like dang she copied her <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what i thought too that's what i thought too she just watched the movie and did everything the same yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Well, you know, the World Equestrian Center, they have many non-horse events, but also have tons of horse stuff. When you have dozens of rings, many large indoors, multiple conference centers, and over 10 restaurants, you can have a variety of shows. And the big one is starting up here next week on June the 15th. By the way, we're going to be getting out of it next week. We need to talk about that. Um, on uh, June 15th, they're starting the Ocala Summer Series. It's a USEF uh, premier hunter-jumper show. And it's going to run for 10 weeks over the summer. And it's kind of, you're saying, why are they doing a hunter-jumper show in Florida in the summer? Well, the outdoor events, they'll do at night. Uh, but in the meantime, they have four heated, air-conditioned, huge indoor arenas. So they'll be able to, to uh, do some jumping in there as well. And they have $3.5 million in total money and prizes for the 10 weeks. So I imagine some people are going to head from the north to the south to do that. So I think that uh, it's going to be interesting. It's the first year they're doing that. And I think it might be the first USEF sanctioned show here because they were having that big battle that we talked about here on this show. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the battle took place on the Horse Radio Network and uh, they got approval to do this. So I think Yay. it's kind of cool. So if you're in the area, oh, I have another story. So I was at PodFest, and the guy who runs it, Chris, who we've had on this show several times, and Chris runs PodFest, and I met his his sister-in-law or brother-in-law were there taking care of kids and just hanging out. And I met them, and he's a real cowboy. This guy is a real cowboy. And I said, you got to see the World Equestrian Center. So they did. They left at 5 o'clock one morning. Uh left Chris's house from Tampa and drove two hours to see it, came home, and Chris said they would not stop talking about it. They just Aww. wouldn't shut up. They want to move to Ocala now, as him and everybody else. Uh, they want to move to <laughs> Ocala now. They want to live at the World Equestrian Center. He just could not. Chris is like, he wouldn't stop talking about it. So, wow, that's so, so cool. Yeah, so you got to see it. It's a must-see. We're going to get you here some one of these days, take you over there.
3: I know, but in the meantime, go visit WEC.com, W-E-C, com, and uh, yeah, it's definitely on my list. And by the way, Haley Steinfeld is her name, who played the Maddie Ross. The new one?
0: In the new one. Yeah, yeah. okay. I wonder what ever happened to the girl who played in the first one. That's a great
3: now. See now, I got to do a deep dive for that.
0: <laughs> All right. While you're doing that, we're going to get our our uh, first guest on the phone today. We have Cindy coming up, who has a Facebook page called Life with Odin, and now uh, she's going to tell you a little bit about who Odin and Eeyore are. Now you can kind of guess what Eeyore is, uh, but and she's been testing out some automatic feeders and some environmental enrichment there at the farm enrichment there at the farm, and we're gonna. Ask her about how all that's going, because I know some of you have been wanting to try some of these things, so let's find out. And I know Jennifer just bought an automatic feeder for Nigel, because he apparently doesn't eat enough. Now it's going to cost me more. Well, hi, Cindy. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. First of all, where are you at in the country? I am in Texas, just outside of Dallas. Oh, cool. Very cool. So we have you on because my wife found cool. you when she was... It's
3: not cool, no. <laughs> it's <laughs> yes. very hot here. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> my wife found you on Facebook because she was looking at getting an automatic feeder for her horse. And in a roundabout oh. way, she ended up... Finding you, uh, but first, we yeah, have to... I have a
2: great feeder set up.
0: Well, we're going to talk about that because it's—I don't know that we've ever talked about this topic. So, tell us first about Odin and Eeyore. Who are Odin and Eeyore?
2: Oh, so they're my pets. So, Odin is a Norwegian Fjord. And he's about 14 years old. I've had him since he was four, so I've had him maybe 10 years. And then Eeyore is a miniature Sicilian donkey. I've had him more than 20 years. I had him with my previous horse. He was, you know, the pasture companion for my previous horse. And he is just a deer. They are both deer. But Eeyore is a very special animal. He's just deer. He's very fancy. His registered name is Billy Ray Cyrus. But when I got him, I know, isn't that funny? When I got him, my son was four years old, and he's now 24. But my son took one look at him and said, Eeyore, and that was his name. That was before Shrek came out. Back Uh then, little boys called donkeys Eeyore. So that was his name from, you know, minute one. And he is an Eeyore. He's an Eeyore. He's always, no one loves me. (laughs) No one feeds me. I don't get enough attention.
0: He is cute. I was Uh, looking at his pictures. We'll post one of his pictures in our show notes today. He is very cute. And so is Odin. I don't want Odin to feel left out. Odin's adorable.
2: Odin Odin is a stunning horse. He's just, he's so handsome. I'm very privileged to have them. They're my boys.
0: Well, let's talk about some of the environmental enrichment stuff that you've done in, in Texas there for these. First of all, let's talk about feeders. Jennifer, my wife, was looking at feeders. And first of all, they, Jamie, automatic feeders, and she's looking for one because the horses live outside to hook onto the fence. So automatic sure. feeders go from about $150 to like $20 million. Uh, it's just some of them yeah. are very expensive and thousands of yeah. dollars. So what did yeah. you find? Okay,
2: first, let me back up, because the whole reason I got into automatic feeders is because Odin has laminitis. He has equine metabolic syndrome, gotcha. and he cannot graze. And once you take them off the pasture, it's, whole, it's everything's high maintenance. And because they're grazing animals, it is best if they can be fed frequently. And so this is my solution. I put in a track, a pasture paradise track, and I put a feeder, There are, there's two feeders on opposite ends. And one of the feeders is by a company called Equine Automation. It's an excellent product. It feeds five times a day. It will feed cubes. And this is the really important thing. Most of the feeders will only feed pellets. But pellets are not the best food for a horse. And the equine automation machine will feed will feed cubes. It will also feed hay, but not a great deal. Just there's, the hay is so bulky, so it feeds cubes and it's excellent. And I highly recommend it. It cost under a thousand dollars. I want to say when I bought it, it was maybe seven hundred. And I know that's a lot of money, but I'm just so thankful to have it. My second feeder is by oh shoot, I gotta hang on. I gotta think of the name of it. Oh, it's called Easy Feeder. I post pictures of it all the time. It's funny that I can't think of it. It's called Easy Feeder, or sometimes it's called Easy Keeper, but it's the same company. And this is a tall square that has eight compartments. And again, it will feed hay. The compartments are big enough for hay or cubes. You don't have to feed pellets, though you can feed pellets. And you can program it to feed eight times a day. So I feed twice a day. One feeder feeds five times a day, one feeder feeds eight times a day, so my horses get fed every hour and a half, 24-7. So that's my solution to my horses can't graze.
0: I want to be fed that way. Um, yeah? Maybe I need Calm an automatic and... feeder.
4: <laughs>
2: you Sure, in, in, small, frequent you. Meals, <laughs> small frequent meals are the way to go, seriously, but particularly for horses who are grazing animals.
0: Now my, yeah, my pony would so love I, this because he would just love having, he would know exactly. That's my next question. Do they know exactly the time that that food's coming out? Absolutely. Are they waiting? Absolutely, and
2: they go back and forth. So one feeder's in the barn, and the next feed is in the shelter, and they're, I don't know, maybe 150 feet apart, so they eat their meal in the barn, and then they walk out to the shelter, and then it's 150 feet back to the barn, and by the way, the water's in the barn, and the salt is in the shelter. So they, all day long, they're walking back and forth, and my horse has lost all the weight he needs to lose for his equine metabolic syndrome. He looks super good, and if you want to see how beautiful he is, he has a Facebook page called... Called Life with Odin. And he's beautiful. He's just beautiful. He is. And he lost a lot of weight.
0: And fjords have this problem of being overweight.
2: Yes. This is genetic. So, equine metabolic disorder is not a disease, it's a genetic type. And it is meant to keep them alive in the winters of Norway. And there are certain breeds that are prone to this, Mustangs are, many, many, honestly, many breeds are, but it is a metabolic advantage in a an environment where there's not enough to eat, and only the efficient horses survived through the ages, and my horse is very sufficient, he, he's very efficient, but he's a pet, and he doesn't pull a cart through the snow all day, and so our lifestyle, our current lifestyle where they're pets is not the best for them. So my track enables him to walk back and forth and get small frequent meals all day and all night.
3: So would you consider this a paddock paradise kind of situation? Cause I know that's a trademark name uh, and it's a a thing. And what I've seen is I have a friend in Germany and they, uh, because there's just not as much space for the horses, they all have paddock paradises and then they all have these uh, feeders that kick off and they, all the horses wear microchips around their neck. And so oh, they I don't know that. when their are So how did how do the horses know and how do you oh, how do you prevent the donkey from eating the fjords okay. food and vice versa?
2: Okay. So that's a great question. So first of all, I have less than three acres. My horses are on about two acres. And again, you can see an aerial view of my track at Life with Odin on Facebook. And it's so cool. It winds around my property, even though my property is very small so they there's plenty of they have plenty of freedom. I do not I'm very fortunate. I don't have to make any effort to separate their food. And that is because the donkey is actually fatter than the horse. And the horse is more food aggressive. So between the two of them, they work this out. If you had a hard keeper and an easy keeper, and the, say the easy keeper was food aggressive over the hard, the hard keeper, this would not work. You'd have to do more. You'd have to think of something a little more complicated. But because I was fortunate that my hardest, the hardest keeper is the bigger animal it works out perfectly and they shuffle around and they burn calories when they do that, but they shuffle each other around and they push each other off the food and they get the right share. And of course i watch them very carefully. If one were to lose too much weight, I would know, but I'm far from that. That's, I don't that's not my problem.
3: That's a problem you're not going to have <laughs> no, with those
0: <laughs> no, two. Donkey no. a you're not going to have mm-hmm. that. It's interesting. You know, it is interesting because if this is one of the things I was wondering about the feeders, you could have a big pasture, right? But if the feeders are on the fence, yes. right? And they know yeah. eight times a day the food's dropping out of there, you're right. They're going to tend to, they're never going to make it to the under, other end of the pasture because they're always okay, going to so be coming back, right? They're always going to be back to that feeder eight times a day. Correct. Yeah.
2: So my original vision, I wanted to have four automatic feeders at the four corners of my property so that they would make a track around all the way around continuously. That was my original vision. What I found is they weren't comfortable. Have They, they want to be able to hear. They can hear both feeders dropping feed, and they want to be within hearing distance mm. of both feeders. So that, It's just that's a mistake that I made when I first set it up. The two feeders were so far apart, they never knew where the food was, and they were anxious, and I could see it. They were not comfortable. So when I moved the two feeders, like I said, they're about 150 feet apart now. They can hear, if they're in the barn and the far feeder drops, they hear it and they head out there. If they're in the shelter and the feed drops in the barn, they hear it and they head back there. So they are not anxious, and this works perfectly. Now, I, I want to address something else you've said. If you have one feeder in one spot and, and envision a round bale of hay, If you have a round bale of hay, your horses are never going to move. They're going to get no exercise. So the whole trick of having a track is you've got to think of a way to get them walking around it. And whatever that takes, whether it's timed feedings, which is what I'm doing, or dropping the food in small uh, little heaps, whatever. But you've got to think of a way to move them around the track. If they're standing on a track in front of a round bale, you've accomplished nothing.
0: That's interesting, and what are you using? One of the things we've had people on talking about these tracks before, and for those that don't know what we're talking about it's very bar- it's basically narrow lanes that you know, I looked at the picture of your farm Correct. it goes all the way around your farm in circles and all kinds of stuff, and Correct. that's the idea. get them walking in long linear patterns instead of a big open field um and And the theory Correct. is you know they're gonna you you need to get them moving around more but it uses a lot of fence when you do that.
2: Electric fence. So I use step-in post and electric fence. And it's very easy. I do. I can do it myself, and I can move it myself. And the ground here is as hard as concrete, and still I can manage it myself. And I'm old, and it has to be easier. I can't do it. So this is not a. That is not a barrier. Electric fencing is not expensive, and it's not hard.
0: Yeah, and I think that a if lot of you look at a lot of people that do this. They they they'll move the track around so that. You know, you don't develop big holes in the ground from where they're walking and stuff and to move it over to where there's grass and let the grass grow in the other part and all of that.
2: Right, but not if you have a horse with equine metabolic disorder. So some people are using a track as a way of strip grazing, which is fine if your horse doesn't have a problem with insulin resistance. You can use it for strip grazing and move the fence periodically so that they constantly have fresh grass, and that is a wonderful thing for the land. That is not what I'm able to do. My horses can't have any grass ever. My horse, even though he's on a great diet and he's lost a lot of weight, his insulin is still dangerously high. So he can never have grass. I have accepted that. I cried over it. It was a very hard pill to swallow, but it's his life. And I'm committed to this. It's his life. And he is dear to me. I don't ever want another horse. I want him the rest of my life. So
0: well, Cindy, he I'm with you. Grass. I'm with you. I have a little hackney pony, and same, uh, Jamie yeah. will tell you that he's probably overweight, but he also yeah. lives in a dry paddock, um, and we can never have mountain grass because he just he's too fat. So, let, so
2: I'm sure you know this, but let me just say this for your listeners. It is not only about the weight. It's about the insulin, and you can't tell by looking. If your horse sometimes comes up ouchy on gravel, and he's not even overweight, he can still have insulin resistance, and he needs to have his insulin measured. It's a simple blood test, and it will tell you whether your horse is safe on grass or not. And my horse, if you looked at him, you would never guess that he has insulin resistance because he's fit. Mm -hmm. He's slim and he's fit. I had his blood tested two weeks ago, and it is dangerously high. So it's very motivating. It's like, oh, shoot, I, I really did not. I was surprised. I didn't expect that, but that's very motivating for me to be super careful to keep him off the grass. I follow a program called ECIR, and I highly recommend anybody struggling with this to look at ECIR. That stands for Equine Cushing's and Insulin Resistance Group, and it is run by a vet, Eleanor Kellen, K-E-L-L-O-N. It is free, and if you join, they will advise you personally. They will care about you, and they will advise you, and they saved Odin's life, and I recommend them all the time. And so what you learn there is that your first, if you if you suspect you have laminitis, the first thing you do is get them on the proper diet. And the proper diet is generally no grass, no grain, soaked hay, contact ECIR, and they will advise you on specifics. The second thing is exercise. If your horse is well enough, he needs to be walking. If he's if he's resi- they, and they ECIR doesn't recommend any forced exercise. They recommend that he has an ability, a, a, an opportunity to exercise. But if your horse is not well, you should not be riding him or even leading him out. It's just voluntary exercise. And then they recommend um They recommend having your minerals balanced. They have a particular protocol for particularly copper and zinc and iron, no iron, and they will advise you on that. And then the proper diagnosis, and the diagnosis involves blood work. The tests are not complicated, and they're not terribly expensive, but that's where you know whether your horse is healthy or not is through blood work. That's ECIR, and I highly recommend anybody struggling with this go there.
0: Very good. Well, this has been great information. I know we have listeners out there that are dealing with this right now. So this is terrific information. Cindy, you can you can find Cindy. Actually, you can find Odin and Eeyore. At Odin Life. and Eeyore. That's yes, right. You can find uh, Life with Odin on Facebook. I'll put a link to it in our show notes today. Cindy, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it.
2: Oh, thank you. Would, I would be happy to talk about them any day, any time.
0: All right. Take care, Cindy.
2: Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
0: So there you go. I know we have listeners dealing with this right now, and you know I don't know that we've ever had scooter tested.
3: I have a, I have an indelusion. I It's a, it's a battle I have never had to fight before, but now I, now I get to fight it. And and Zeus too, he, he has the propensity to be insulin resistant. Although knock on wood, that's the one thing we've kind of kept away from so far uh but he doesn't go out in the big field either um but yeah i'm constantly monitoring things with with uh, miles my andalusian so it's just yeah just some of those horses are designed to survive in a lot tougher situations than being in florida on a grass pasture like scooter is or like in a giant grass field like my mustang or my andalusian they're meant to eat somewhere else. There weren't bread for this. So it's, it's interesting. And then I've got the thoroughbreds who I'm just like, eat more food, eat more, they need- eat more
0: they need different paradise tracks. You need several, you need 20 paradise tracks, and they all have their yep. own unique thing.
3: So. exactly. Super fun.
0: <laughs> and by the way, when she said electric fence, first thing I thought of is, yeah, Zeus will be out of that in two minutes. <laughs>
3: you know, to be fair, that is the one thing he's terrified of. Oh really? Like terrified of electric fence. He won't like I have a gate that I'll open and walk him through it. He's like, no, I can't I can't get through there. I might get shocked. I'm like, I t- I opened the gate. You just need to electrify everything. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. I I pretty much have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tell us about Purina while I get our next guest on the line.
3: Well, you can level up your horse's performance this season with choices from Purina Animal Nutrition. From Purina Ultium Competition Formula to Purina Impact Pro Performance and everything in between, Purina has the right option for your horse, including supplements like Purina Super Support Amino Acid Supplement, Purina Amplify High Fat Supplement, and Purina Outlast Gastric Support Supplement. There are many choices for optimal nutrition when you choose Purina all backed by science. Level up your performance this season and put Purina's research to the test. Ask for Purina at your local feed retailer today.
0: One of our auditors coming up next. Her name is Sarah. And apparently she was inspired by us and all the authors and stuff we've had on the show to write a book. And then she included us in the book. So we're going to talk to her about our book. called I didn't a- murder anybody. <laughs> Not in this one, I don't think. It's called Impelled in Equestrian Romantic Suspense Series.
3: Well, I'm pleased to welcome to the show, Sarah. Sarah, thank you for joining us. It's good to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. you Tell us about how you decided to write a book. You're like, I'm just going to write a book. That's a little bit of how it happened,
5: yeah. So, I mean, when I was younger, I was uh, big into reading. I would write short stories for fun. Um, And then, you know, you get older, you become a real adult, and then you just kind of don't have time for that. Um, And it's kind of funny. I actually, when I started listening to the show, oh gosh, three or so years ago, you guys obviously interview, you know, um, some equestrian book authors, and it was really inspiring. So, you know, as of last year, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to write this book. And then I did. (laughs) So it was, uh, honestly, a lot of it I have to contribute to you guys.
3: Well, that is awful sweet. I'm glad we could help in any way uh, to be inspiring. But how, how does one go about writing a book? And is it published? Or is this like your own deal? What's going on? Yeah. So it is published
5: actually officially as of yesterday. The paperback uh, went live on Amazon and is available for purchase. Um, The ebook is on pre-order, but it is released on June 8th. So about two days from now. Um, And as far as going about writing it, uh, it's one of those things where you kind of I'm almost glad I didn't know how much work
0: went into it when I
5: started because I'm not sure that I would have actually.
0: <laughs> That's what started. everybody that writes a book says. Every single person. Yes.
5: <laughs> it is so true. It's almost like good to just go in with your blinders and go. I'm going to write this book, and then at the end of the tunnel, when you hit the end, you're like, "Oh, cool, I'm done." But you're not done. <laughs> it's quite the process from finishing the book to getting it actually published. So I I self published on Amazon. Um, which is what a lot of, especially like equestrian fiction authors do, uh, just because from what I've heard traditionally published, other than like uh, the Trafalgar people, you know, there's really not a lot of options for those of us that write in that genre. So that's the route I took. Um, but really, it was just a lot of, you know, making myself continue on it, you know, as soon as you get halfway through the book, you're like, oh my gosh, am, am I going to be able to finish this thing? But um, yeah, I just, you know, kind of put my head down and did it. And I'm super glad that I did. So what is it about? Yeah. So a lot of it, I spent a lot of time in my younger years working in the horse industry. Um, and I, I really had a lot to kind of pull from, from my own experiences. Um, so the story starts off with, uh, the main character who's about 22 years old. Uh, her name is Emma and she is kind of finishing up what most people would kind of consider, you know, starting off as as a new adult. Um, So she's about to graduate college and she's kind of like not really sure what she wants to do, you know, as far as her future. Um, But then she gets this kind of big news that changes her whole life and kind of makes her go, okay, I have to make a decision. Uh, and it really takes her sort of on the adventure that this book is about um, so I won't give too much away about what that decision was or where it takes her um, but just know that for those people who uh, like like the Ocala and Wellington and Florida horse capitals it does uh, take place in those places mainly awesome um, and Yes, of course. It has uh, lots of horses in it. Um, The main character horse, which becomes her horse, is actually based off of uh, a horse that was my heart horse when I was in my early 20s. A lot of actually the horses that are in the book are real life horses that I put in there and I I put their real names. Um, And it was actually super fun to write about them. Um, One was my first horse and he passed away. So it was really cool to kind of relive some of that about him. um, It brings him to life again. Yes. And then a horse that I met when I was a working student. Um, I featured him in the book. His name is Jimmy John. And so it was just really, really cool to write about these horses that I spent so much time with in my younger years.
3: So it's fiction, nonfiction. It's I mean, like, is it an adult romance novel? Is it a murder mystery? Is what? what yeah. Where would you classify that? So, it's definitely geared towards adults. I did write it clean, though,
5: so I think young adults um, could certainly enjoy it without a problem. Um, And I call it an equestrian romantic suspense. Um, So, there is lots of, you know, uh, following that main character, but you also have lots of romance in there. Um, And there is some, like, suspense kind of thriller aspects once you get, like, halfway through the book that are really exciting. Um, My beta readers all raved about how much fun that part was. Um, So, it's kind of got a little bit of everything.
3: So, am I going to read? So, is it like uh, when you talk about his rock hard steamy <laughs> nothing like that or are we like no, <laughs> <laughs> no nothing jamie's hard. out she's um, <laughs> not reading it now <laughs> sorry jamie <laughs> well, you
5: are in the book you kind of don't have a choice now uh, well yeah, that's it how did that come
0: up yeah how did why are we in the book
5: you guys are in the book yeah i when i was writing it it's kind of funny i had a moment where i was uh it, writing a scene uh, where she's like in her car and i was like oh my gosh I'm going to put horses in the morning in this book. (laughs) And I had like a moment where I remember Jamie talking to another author that featured you guys. And I was like, I'm doing it. I'm putting them in the book. (laughs) You guys are named in there and horses in the morning is in there too. (laughs) But no, there's, there's, um, it's written as like a, what they call like a clean romance. So it's, um, you know, nothing that's past like PG 13.
3: So like, no, uh, what's the, 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 Podcast that I listen to where they read a graphic novel that their father wrote. And it's like her shirt popped up. My daddy wrote a pound of porno, porno plunged, is what
0: you're talking about. Lunged out
3: <laughs> like pomegranates and they hit the table, you know, they, so none of that, like, we're not going to like get into like some really uh stuff I have to explain to my child when I'm reading, no. listening to books on tape. <laughs> not at
4: all. In fact, like there's,
5: you don't even, I think that he, like one of the the character um, there's like a kiss on the cheek at one point and then at the end there's a kiss but there's like nothing you couldn't read to like your kid and be like cover your ears (laughs) so it's very clean Um, and I wanted to do that just because I kind of wanted to appeal to a wide variety of people Obviously, the ones that like the steamy romance may not appreciate it as much, but the actual like romance is um, it kind of just really dives more deep into like the emotions of romance and you know feelings and things like that. Less of the, the steamy pomegranatey stuff. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the pomegranatey stuff—that's my favorite thing We invented thing a new word
0: her. here on that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just counted. That makes. I think five books that we're in you
3: know what the residual checks just keep on coming <laughs> yeah. Around, so. yeah
0: i'll send you those yeah. as soon as i get them okay yeah so, i mean, yeah.
3: seriously, <laughs> I haven't seen a dime
0: yeah <laughs> yeah kind of not flooding my mailbox either so uh
3: well, <laughs> sarah where it's an honor where though can people find the non-pomegranate books that you have written <laughs> and what is it called and where can they get it
5: Yes. So the book title is called Impelled. Um and it is actually book one of a series. I am halfway through writing book number two. Um and there will definitely be a book three. And if I think it makes sense to do a book four, I'll do a book four. So it's definitely a series. Um, but it is all available on Amazon. Um, and it is, uh, actually for Kindle unlimited subscribers, it's free for you guys. Um, but it is available on paperback. And then, like I said, it'll be pre-order right now for the ebook, uh, and then out on June 8th for the ebook.
3: I'm so, it does sounds silly, but I'm so proud of you and I'm so excited for you. Oh, this, is, you this is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And-,
5: and it is, uh, very show jumping eventing world stuff. I don't know that I mentioned that. So for those of you that like show jumping and eventing, it's based in that world.
3: Right. what you know? I mean, come on. That's right. That's literally what you got to do. <laughs> awesome. Sarah, we wish you the best and keep us posted. And I want to read this one. And then we're going to get to book two. And we're going to have you back on and talk about the release of that. That would be awesome. Thanks so much, Jamie and Glenn. Thank you, Sarah. Absolutely. And Your honored. website is Sarah, Welk, Bainham, authorcom
0: And I will put Correct. a link in the show notes directly to the book as well. Thanks, Sarah. Take care. Thank you. Thanks you guys. Bye-bye. Wow. That is an honor. I mean, do you know how hard it
3: was for me to keep my responses clean? Especially when I'm like, <laughs> I know how hard it was actually. I, s- I started Googling like, as we're talking like sexy book topics. And then like, so my search history is going to be just <laughs> horrific at this
0: point. It is kind of cool, though. Did you ever think when we started this show twelve years ago that we'd be inspiring people to write books? No, no. no that I, I still or don't do anything inspiring people to do anything. <laughs> so, we we really didn't have that in the plan. That was not in the description of the show. It was not. It was like, hey, we're just going to get on, make people laugh, and be goofy. That was the oh, description of our show. And look at all the things that have happened. So, Sarah, thank you, thank you for including us in your book. You know, people have problems, first world problems. We're going to do those in the post show today for auditors. So if you want to become an auditor, just go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page. And for as little as $3 a month, you too can join that fabulous Facebook group uh, for the auditors and be able to participate in the auditor post show, which we do most days here. And today we're going to do the equestrian first world problems. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. My quote of the day to end today, uh, as soon as I find it, is is really for Hope. It really reminded me of Hope Hand, who we talked about earlier in the show, and this was Eleanor Roosevelt, who wrote this. The purpose of life, after all, is to live it, to taste experience to the utmost, to reach out eagerly and without fear for newer and richer experiences. And Hope did that her entire life, no matter what life threw at her. So, uh, so thank you to Hope, and we'll be back. We have, uh, Tomorrow we have the side saddle episode, which has been very popular. We've been getting lots of good reviews on that. And then Jamie and I will be here Wednesday and Friday, and we have Mary Kitzmiller on Thursday. So we have a full week of shows for you. Thank you, everybody.
3: All right, everybody. Bye, spay, neuter, and Geld. Write a book.
0: Yeah, My ADD wouldn't allow that. It would be two pages long.
3: Russ plunged like (laughs) pomegranates.